everybody. Welcome to the New Life. How many guys are excited to be here to worship Jesus today? Are you? I mean, for real. Come on. Yeah. Come on. On a, on a nice, beautiful day, we get to come here. We get to worship Jesus together. I'm so glad you guys decided to show up. Thank you for being at all of our campuses today, whether that's online, right, or it's in person. Thank you so much. We are so honored that you would be here at New Life today to worship our Savior and our Lord Jesus. That's one of the things at New Life that we are unashamed of, and that is saying yes to Jesus. Now, if you noticed, that's the series, Say Yes, right? Uh, And I know, I know that that's kind of a scary thing to think about, because when you look back Over the past week, think about some of the things you said yes to that you already regret, right? Just think about it. Think about like you said yes to that extra dessert that you didn't need to say yes to, right? Think about the fact that you said yes to spending your money on whatever that was that now you're kind of like, can I take that back, right? Think about how you said yes to answering that phone call and then after you answered it, an hour later you were like, why did I answer that phone call? Right? That didn't happen to me, by the way, so don't worry. You keep calling, all right? Just keep calling. It's all good. Like, yes is a scary thing sometimes. And so that's why we're going into this series. I want to help you learn uh, what we really need to say yes to. Okay? I want to really focus in on the things that we should be saying yes to. Because some of us have a real problem saying yes. Because there's a commitment involved with saying yes. So we don't like to say yes because we don't want to make a commitment. Others of us have a hard time saying no. And you know those people, and you might be one of them. You have a hard time saying no, and so therefore you are all stressed out all the time. That means that there are few of us that have learned what it means to say yes to the right things and say no to the right things. See what I mean? There are few of us that are living in that place of balance. And I want to help you get there. Part of the problem, though, with this whole saying yes idea, right, committing to something, to saying yes, going in, taking a risk, stepping into the unknown sometimes, is that in America, we are groomed from birth to say no. Did you realize that in studies that have happened around the world, studies of babies, right, and the first words that they learn in different languages and in different cultures, did you realize that you won't find in any other language or any other culture the word no showing up in the top 10 list of first words that babies say other than in America? That's a true story, by the way. Study it. Go home. Search it out. Read all of the reports. I read a lot of them. It's going to get really boring, trust me. Because I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. I just couldn't believe it. So I would read another report. And sure enough, those first 10 words were never the word no in Mandarin, never the word no, right, in uh, Israel, never the word no in an Arab country, never the word no in, in South America, that the word no showed up in the top 10 in American English, not just in America, in America in American English. In fact, those first 10 words that happened in American English are this, mommy, daddy, I don't know why Papa didn't show up on that one because I try to train all of my grandchildren with that word first. <laughs> Mommy, daddy, ball, bye, hi, no, dog, baby, woof, woof, and banana. 
I don't think woof woof is technically a word, but nevertheless, it showed up in the top 10. Okay? Woof woof. Yeah. That's, that's taking some liberty there with your kid. Look how smart my kid is at three months. He can say woof woof. Yeah, that's really how that word got in there. We all know it. All right? But isn't that surprising, the word no? So why is it that in American English, our, our infants are learning their very first word, okay, because it was one of those words that was their first word. Why is it that um, in American English, our babies are learning the word no so quickly? It's because, well, it's because of what they're hearing. They're only repeating what they hear. And that means this, that in America, guess what we like to say? No, we like it. You even wanted to say it right then, didn't you? <clears throat> and when we say no, it comes from this deep guttural place, right? Where we're, we feel empowered, like no, like that, right? Where yes is a higher pitched thing. It almost sounds like we surrendered. Yes versus no, right? And you see what I mean? It's, it's even in the subconsciousness of, of our lives. So uh, look, our, our infancy in America, we're being groomed to say no, and the whole time God is trying to groom our spirit to say yes. Yes is a powerful word in the kingdom of God. And I get it. Like to live a balanced life, you can't say yes to everything. But in the kingdom of God, what is God asking us to do? He's asking us to say yes a lot. He's asking us to say no to sin and move on. But he's asking us to say yes to him and keep saying yes to him. So yes is a powerful word in the kingdom of God. So we have to break away from this attitude of no to start grasping in our spirit why is it that God's wanting us to say yes. And it all starts in 2 Corinthians 1, 19 through 20. It all starts because God is the one who first said yes. Look at this verse. It's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible verse. 2 Corinthians 1, 19 through 20, it says this. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I, Paul's writing this, right, preached to you. And as God's ultimate yes, Jesus is God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. What? Like some of you are going, what in the world did I just read? Right? Because you're, you're baffled by, you're baffled first off by how simple this is. But you're also baffled with, I've never, I've never really seen it as God saying yes. Well, God said yes through Christ. God the Father said yes to a relationship with you and me when he sent Jesus. And he calls Jesus the ultimate yes. Did you realize that if he's the ultimate yes, there is no yes that's greater than that? There's no yes that's greater than Jesus. There's no yes that you can say to another human being that's greater than the yes that God said to us through Christ. There is no yes greater that God could say in all of creation and in all of humanity than the yes that he already said through Jesus Christ. Jesus became the ultimate yes. And what that means then is this. 
that all of what God says can be trusted. The very integrity and the very character of God can be trusted to its ultimate. Because if the ultimate yes, it was already put out there in Jesus, all of the other subsequent yeses will happen. The yeses of God's favor for your life can happen. The yeses of God's promise over your life can happen because the ultimate yes has already happened. Now we get the opportunity because the ultimate yes in Jesus came, we now get the opportunity to say yes back to God. But it's a free will yes. It's not a pre-programmed in us yes. None of you were pre-programmed, okay, in like a computer sense. You were born into this world with free will. So we learned the word no in our infancy, but then God wants us in, in our developmental stage where we come to a point where we understand the power of yes, that he wants us now to move from a no mentality to a yes mentality. And he wants us to say yes to him out of our own free will, yes to a relationship with him. There are incredible eternal consequences if we don't say yes to a relationship with God. But there are amazing eternal rewards if we do say yes to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yes, there are. But that's not where it ends. There's even more to the journey of, of the kingdom of God and the power of saying yes. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 15 through 16, says this. I know all. I know all the things that you do. That you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. It's like the kingdom of God is being portrayed here as a kingdom that is a yes or a no kingdom. There isn't anything in God's kingdom that allows for a, well, maybe. Well, there's the ultimate Jesus that's out there, Jeff. What are you going to do? I might follow him. There's no room in God's kingdom for that. God's looking for a yes or a no, and there is no gray, there is no middle ground. I mean, to continue that thought, I want you to see what Jesus said about it, right? In Luke chapter 9, verse 62, that Jesus told them, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It's like, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I'm all in. God takes yes and the commitment of yes, very, very serious. Why? Because he made the ultimate yes to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So because he made the ultimate yes, now he puts on you and me this, this opportunity to say yes to him. But he takes that yes very precious. He takes that yes, like, it's like the most important thing you're ever going to commit to. And if you put your hand to it, he goes, look, keep going on. Don't be lukewarm about it. Be hot about it. Be all in. And so church, that's what we're trying to figure out here. What we're trying to figure out through this series is then what do we say yes to? But at the whole time that we're going to go through this series of what do I need to say yes to, to put my hand to and not back down from, we're living in a world that's constantly trying to sabotage you from saying an ultimate Yes. We just live in a world that has all kinds of temptation, all kinds of pitfalls, all types of things that are sabotaging us from ultimately saying yes to God and to his kingdom. In Matthew chapter 16, there was a, the Bible calls him a rich young man who came to Jesus. 
And he comes to Jesus, and he's observed the ministry of Jesus, and he's very intrigued with Jesus, and he, he even wants to figure out how to like, obey the teachings of Jesus. And so he asks Jesus this real critical, important question. Jesus, and I'm going to paraphrase it, because this is, but this is the essence of what he says. Jesus, what do I have to say yes to to inherit the kingdom of God, to get eternal life? Jesus says, you got to say yes to living a pure life. Let me give you some examples. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. And he goes on with a couple of really large ticket items of do not do these things. And the rich young ruler responds back with a smile on his face. That's awesome because I've been saying yes to the type of pure life that you're talking about. This is incredible. Then Jesus turns around and he tells him, but here's what you need to say yes to. you got to sell everything you have, and I want you to give it to the poor. Then come follow me. And the Bible says that the rich young man walked away sad. Why? Because he couldn't say yes. There was something in his life that Jesus got to finally. And this is what Jesus will do in all of our lives. There are some things that, yes, we line up with God perfectly. But then there are other things in our lives that are keeping us from saying yes. And Jesus is a master at getting to the core of your heart, getting to the core of your life, getting to that issue that's keeping you from really saying yes. There's something that is controlling you that you're saying yes to that you got to say no to. And in this guy's life, it was his money. It won't be that way for you. It'll be something different for you. It was that for him, and Jesus got to that. Why does Jesus get to that uncomfortable spot in our lives? Because he's the ultimate yes, and he wants us to take advantage of it. He's the ultimate yes, and he wants us to be in relationship with him. He gets to that spot. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you stay on a journey with God for any length of time, right, and you are a person that says no, you are going to be a frustrated person. Because God's going to keep bringing you to this difficult spot in your life. And what is he asking you to do? Yes, I will trust you. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will go where, where I've never gone before. Yes, I will believe like I've never believed before. Yes, I will activate faith like I've never activated faith before. So guys, yes is way more than, than saying yes to a relationship with God. It's saying yes to a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of yes, God. It's a lifestyle of yes, I will surrender that. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will believe that. It's a lifestyle, which means that we also have to learn to say no to the other things because you just can't do it all. So how do you know what to say yes to then? That comes down to our priorities. Our priorities are going to help us learn what to say yes to. And there needs to be a, a priority of really what we say yes to. And the reason for that is because we live these fast-paced lives where there are constant decisions that are coming at us all the time that we have to say yes, make a commitment to, or no, and turn away from. It could be you, you maybe this past week or this current week coming up, you're going to be, you're going to be asked, hey, will you say yes to work extra hours? Okay, and if you say yes to that, you know it's going to impact other things. It could be, you know, you're going to be asked, will you say yes to volunteer at your kid's school, right? And if you say yes to that, then it's going to affect some other things. 
Or yes, will you, will you say yes to signing your kid up for this sports team or for this other activity? And you know what that means. Not do they get to enjoy that, but you get to be soccer mom driving them to it, right? So you're saying yes to those things. See what I'm saying? So, or it could be making a purchase or not making a purchase. So we're going to go into debt or are we not going to go into debt? Am I going to take on more responsibility at work? Am I going to take the promotion? Am I going to change jobs from this job to this other one, although it's going to require more out of me? Am I going to say yes to that, or am I going to say no to it? And every single day, every single week, it never stops. If you're awake, there are decisions that are coming. Some of them are lighter. Some of them are heavier. But they have a consequence to them one way or the other. And if we haven't said yes to the right things, then we might get caught in the rat race of life and miss out on what's really most important. So at New Life, one of the things that we've observed through God's word and through biblical lifestyle is that you need to say yes to these four things before you say yes to anything else in your entire life. First, say yes to weekend worship. One of the ways that you need to say yes to that is you need to get out your calendar and whether it's a handwritten one or it's a Google calendar, and you just need to plug in the worship service you're going to attend every week. Say yes to it. I say yes to a lot of things every single week. They're on my calendar. If it's on my calendar, I show up. If it's on my calendar, I make the phone call. If it's on my calendar, I'm on the Zoom call. You see what I'm saying? If it's on the calendar, I go on vacation. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. So is weekend worship on the calendar? These four things you got to say yes to before you say yes to anything else. If you don't get these priorities established, then I guarantee you, you will be saying yes to things that will be sabotaging you. So say yes to weekend worship. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means to say yes to ministry. The week after that, we're going to talk about uh, what it means to say yes to life groups. But lastly, you got to say yes to personal Bible reading and prayer. You say yes to those four things then you're walking out what we call at New Life the proven process. Come on, someone say proven process. process. Isn't a proven process awesome? Because what that means is that someone else has done it before and it works. So if you follow those four things, here's what we discovered. People that are doing and engaged in those four things are what? Spiritually growing. They're learning what it means to become more like Jesus. They're coming alive in their spiritual journey. This thing called God, the Bible, relationship with God that used to be boring is all of a sudden thriving in their life. This proven process. It's not hard. It's not hard. Weekend worship, ministry, life groups, personal Bible reading and prayer. That's not hard. But here's what's interesting. What we say yes to, it, like, it formats us. It formats us. Has anybody ever built their own computer Few people ever have, right? Has anybody ever ordered a computer? That's probably more like it, right? When you ordered the computer, you decided, you made a big decision. It was either gonna be a Mac OS one or it was gonna be a Windows machine, right? How many Windows people do we have in here? Okay, good. How many Mac people do we have? Yeah, only one, woo, that's all we got out of that. All right, so it's a 50-50 split here. It's actually probably 51% because I'm a Mac guy and I'm preaching. So we've got the majority of the house, all right? So um, anyways, like if you were going to build your own computer, all right, and you could build either one of those, you'd start with a hard drive that's unformatted, 
and then you would buy the OS, the operating system. And if you load a Mac OS operating system onto the hard drive, then when you fire up the computer, guess what the computer wants to think like? It wants to think like a Mac computer. It wants to use Mac applications. It wants to run smoothly. It doesn't want to have any viruses. It wants to work every time. Every time you turn it on, it wants to work. It doesn't want to reboot. It doesn't want to upgrade. It, wants to it doesn't want to do that. It just wants to be your friend. Whereas, if you have a Windows machine and you load it with, I'm just messing around. But you understand what I mean, right? So whatever you program it with, whatever you format it with is the way it's going to think and the way it's going to behave. I just want to say this to you. Whatever you say yes to in the very same way is going to format your heart, it's going to format your mind. If you're saying yes to the things of God before you're saying yes to anything else, what's happening to your heart? What happens when you wake up? What happens when you get put into a crunch moment? Does the best come out of you or the worst come out of you? What you say yes to is formatting you. So are we saying yes to the things that will program us to be more like Jesus? To help you, we're going to be using uh, Acts chapter 2 a little bit in every one of our services and so I want you to look at Acts chapter 2 with me because when we do that, we're looking at the first followers of Jesus. And you're going to look at the early church and you're going to see what they said yes to. Because what they said yes to as the first followers of Jesus, by the way, still works for us in the year 2022. And here's what they said yes to. Look, look, just take a look at this. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. Basically, you could have said it this way. All the believers said yes to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers said yes, right, to meet together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. They said yes to worshiping together at the temple each day, all the while, they were saying yes to praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord was saying yes by adding to their fellowship those who are being saved. I can just insert the word yes throughout there if you allow me to do that. Then, then you can kind of get the essence of what's really going on here. Right? So today what I want you to really see out of this passage is how, is how the early church, the first believers, were saying yes to worshiping together in one place. They were saying yes to that. Now, here's what's interesting about them. They were saying yes to doing it every single day. A little bit more of a slower pace of life. Can we just say that about that stage of, of time? Like, they didn't have a, an iPhone, right? They didn't have email. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't all these things. Slower pace of life. But they were saying yes to meeting in the temple every single day. And so, guys, here's what we're at. We're saying this. Look, it's important that we meet together in the temple, we meet together at the church to worship God every single week, one place at one time. And what were they doing when they were there? They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, very much like what you're doing right now. They were hearing the teaching of God's word, and they were opening up their heart, and they were saying, God, I'm not just going through religious routine here. I'm hearing your word, and I'm wanting your word to penetrate my life and I want, to, I want my life to model your word. And when the God's word grinded against them, they didn't get offended by it. 
they said, okay, well, that's something that needs to change. When God's word expanded their thinking and expanded you know, their, their ideas, then they stepped into those ideas and they started wading into the deep end and figuring out how to swim their way through it. They were willing to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. And during that experience of, go- of joining together, they experienced the power of the Holy Spirit moving in miraculous ways that even brought them, in verse 43, to a deep, deep sense of awe. You know what I pray for you guys all the time? Is that when we gather here uh, at any of our campuses, when we gather on the weekend to worship, that you would experience a deep sense of the awe of coming face-to-face with God's presence. Church, I hope that happens for you. I believe it's something that God does as we gather together in this large group gathering. The other thing that they did when they gathered together was this, though. They, they praised God. You know what that tells me? They didn't sit there stoically, just kind of going through the motions of the religious thing, going, just impress me. Apostle, just impress me. Pastor, just, do, you know. They, they came and they praised God. That means they lifted up their voice. They shouted to God together. They raised their hands before God together. They inspired, they encouraged one another as they praised God together. I'm going to tell you right now, God does something incredibly special when we say yes to weekend worship together. He does something in this setting that he's not going to do anywhere else. And that God designed you and me to be in a spiritual journey that involves a large group gathering where we come together and we encourage each other. I don't know about you, but did you realize you encouraged me today? That when I got up here, and when I walked out of the green room, and, and I walked out here, I wasn't preaching to an empty auditorium and to a camera saying hello to North Platte, Ogallala, and online only? Did you realize that because of the fact I can see you and because I know that you're at those other campuses, that's an encouragement to me? Can you imagine stepping out here every single week preaching to an empty auditorium? We did it during COVID. Well, we're still in COVID, but we did it. I don't ever want to go back. So guys, you, you have you deeply encouraged me, and I guarantee you've encouraged others. When we pray for each other, we, we build each other up, right? When we, when we hear each other worshiping, we're building each other up. When we're hearing God's word collectively together, Right? We're fulfilling God's purpose for our lives on this earth. So church, can I just challenge you? Right, Just remove any obstacle, whatever the obstacle is that's keeping you from committing to saying yes to a weekend gathering of believers for worship. Whatever the obstacle is, remove it. I know it might be really important right now. I know that it might be something that is kind of like, I don't know how I get that out of my life. But would you just pray about it? Would you ask the Lord, Lord, would you help me get these obstacles out of my path so that I can make a weekend gathering one of the most important things I do every single week? Otherwise, I'm afraid that we'll end up with regrets. There's been times in all of our lives, and there's going to be more, that uh, we're going to wish that we would have said yes to something that we said no to. But we'll only know that We'll only know that after that moment passes and after it's too late to go back and say yes. I want you to think with me if you've, been, if you've raised kids or if you're in the middle of raising kids. Kids grow up and kids grow up fast. And if you said yes to work more than you said yes to them, 
you can't go back and get those years back. And you might be right here, right now, regretting the fact that you can't go back and re-raise your kids again. But it also might be with your aging parents. And you've been saying yes to all these other things and avoiding spending time with them, even though it means you've got to hop on a plane and fly across the country or whatever that means, or drive 30 minutes to the next town, and you've been just taking advantage of the fact that your aging parents are still here and they're still around, and then all of a sudden one day, because you've been saying yes to all these other things, they're gone and you can never get those years back. You can never get those memories back. You can never get those moments back. It could also be with your finances, that you've been saying yes to every new car you wanted to buy. You've been saying yes to every vacation you wanted to take. You've been saying yes to an extravagant lifestyle. And now, now you can't say yes to the things you really want to say yes to. Let's not let that happen when it comes to our relationship with God and the things of God's kingdom. Let's make sure that we're first and foremost saying yes to a relationship with God. And then the focus of this week is let's make sure, secondly, we're saying yes to a weekly meeting of gathering together with other believers to worship God. Let's just put those two things in their proper priority list of our lives. Yes to a relationship with God. And yes to gathering weekly to worship God. And if we do that, here's here's what can happen in our lives. We get 10 years down the road, we have no regrets when it comes to our relationship with God. Church, that's where I want to see you live. I want to see you live your life in the same place that a, a family at our church is living right now. Brandon and Kelsey Ross from our Kearney campus. These guys, these guys have been around our Kearney campus for a while, and they've gone through some difficult seasons. Some times that really kind of, it, it pulled them away. It, it distracted them, and they, they got away from meeting together, you know, uh, in weekly worship. And some things were going on in their lives until they finally realized the value of saying yes. Saying yes at New Life and saying yes to gathering together with you on a weekly basis. Uh, Before we worship, would you just kind of lean in and would you take a look at the testimony from Brandon and Kelsey of how they said yes to weekend worship. We said yes to uh, making worship at New Life a regular weekly commitment. After a couple years of not attending church uh, in October 2020, I had a hand injury at work where I lost a couple fingers and part of my thumb. You know, I was scared of the unknown, if I was going to be able to do my, my job again. It got so bad that in uh, March of 2020, it started to affect me and Kelsey's marriage. And that's when I hit a rock bottom point. I had to talk to somebody. And so my first phone call was to Pastor Jeff. I met with him, we met with him, and then we started meeting with Nate. and. We knew it was, we needed to make a change and uh, make a church a weekly priority in our lives. Yeah, and at that point we started coming to church every week. Um, we made it a priority to come together. Something that impacted us majorly from coming to church every week was just the sense of community here. We ran into people that we knew we had in our corner. We had people to walk through life with. We had people to support us. Coming to church every week really just challenged us to be Christ-centered people um, and that it it has helped us um, be committed to each other and be committed uh, to a family life and committed to just sharing our faith journey together. We are Brandon and Kelsey Ross and we said yes. Mm -hmm.